and good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis. Patty is off today. Mm-hmm. Our guest is Umberto Nicola Nicoletti. Umberto, did I pronounce that anywhere close to right? Yes, yes, it's perfect. <laughs> um, okay. Umberto is calling us from Italy. What, where are you in Italy? I'm in Milan at the moment. Uh, oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, your new book is called Asylum, and it is yes. just a stunning book. Um, it deals, well, you tell us, what was the concept for the book? Okay, for uh, uh, nearly seven years I dedicated myself to, this is my first photography book, and as you said, it's called uh, Asylum, and is. Uh, published by uh, Rizzoli, New York, and discusses the phenomenon of LGBTQI plus refugees, asylum seekers, and those subject to discrimination in their own countries based on their gender and sexual orientation. It's a kind of visual story that features portraits of asylum seekers and also how the asylum process works. This is the concept. And can you talk about one of the most uh, striking things, which I kind of have an idea about, but I didn't know it was this high. You say, according to this, 43% of the countries in the world today still have prison or death penalties just for being LGBTQI+. Yes. That, that's yes. incredibly high. Yes. And also, I think it's very important at the moment to uh, acknowledge that because also uh, the last few years all around the world also the country that has the asylum uh, they started to try to change the law so I think it's really important to talk about this issue at the moment right the United States is not doing a great job of letting people in right now no yeah also Italy also in Italy? Yes, yes. What, what are they doing in Italy? No, they try to change like a uh, special law uh, for LGBTQ plus refugees. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's strange because I started this book, like as I told you, seven years ago, and uh, it was uh, like they, mm, you, um, Trump, wasn't elected and so it's a, a really strange to see how different the situation is from when I started the project and it's getting always worse so I think it's yeah it's really important more now more than 2016 when I started Kate, I don't know if you're able to, but um, I mean, I know you're not a politician or anything, but can you talk a little bit about just asylum in, in general and how it works? I think a lot of people think if you're from another country that you're being discriminated against or for whatever reason or your life is in danger, you can just go to any other country that does um, accept asylum seekers and... You can just go in and it's no big, and they'll automatically take you. But it, it is a process, correct? And there are some terms yeah. of what they will, like, why uh, why they'll accept you for, based on asylum. Is that is that correct? Yes, 
for example, uh, yes, uh, as you said, I'm not a politician, but not just just for that, but also because because I wanted to give an overview uh, of the situation in the world and in each country. Uh, there's a different uh, because I took um, I didn't say uh, before that the portraits in the book were taken in Washington DC, in New York, in Toronto, in London, and in Milan. So I work with uh, five uh, organizations. And so in each country, there are different laws, uh, laws about asylum. And But the main thing is that it's a really long process. It's a kind of four or five, from four to five years. Oh, wow. It's not so easy. For, for, mm -hmm. Uh, for example, here in Italy, the only time that uh, media talk about this issue was uh, to saying that the refugee was faking to be from the LGBTQI community to have the asylum. Oh, they're, and, they're and saying people are faking it? I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's also crazy to say something like that it's really a populist way to you know inform about this issue because it's not like that you go as you said in a country and then you say oh i'm from the lgbt community and they say okay come in <laughs> you're welcome here <laughs> and also because there's um, uh, a double discrimination that often we don't think about uh, because uh, you are immigrant and also you are from the LGBTQI plus community. So, uh, for example, here in Italy, when a lot of refugees uh, come and uh, often they come uh, by sea, and so they are uh, immigrant, they're all in the same refugee, refugee camp. So they um, are discriminated, of course, from the host country, but also discriminated from people from, from the region, their, their own country that came with them because it is illegal from the, that country. So it's like, it's really, I think the uh, LGBT uh, re refugee are really the lowest, uh, lowest uh, uh, scale of, 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 of the society uh, as, as refugee because they are always discriminated in, uh, uh, in, in both ways. So I, w I wanted to talk, uh, let's move on to, t to talk a little bit about the photos, which the ones that I'm saying are stunning. It, it, this is really artful and beautiful uh, uh, photography. Um, and I say, you, I, I know you say you work with four or five different um, organizations. Um, yes. So how were, were the subjects that you photographed, were they hesitant to have their photos taken? because of their you know they could be, could be returned to their home countries yes yes i i um, the biggest challenge was uh, because i wanted to create a project uh, on a topic that nobody wants to talk about both mm -hmm. society and of course the people involved and i think understandably so because they were really afraid so uh, the challenge was uh, I needed to find a way to address the issue without putting the life of the people portrayed and their family, especially in danger in the wrong countries. Mm -hmm. So 
it was a kind of uh, compromise to inform and raise awareness uh, about the issue and and also uh, for me it was also a, a challenge because I, I was funding the project uh, my, uh, myself uh, because I financed it entirely on my own and and I, also because I didn't want any commercial interference within the project because uh, I have a really clear vision about the uh, project, uh, so how I wanted to to develop it. So each of the because people, each of the people who were photographed, wh what was their status? Were they safe in the country where they were? Yes. yes. The one that you can recognize, yes. Uh, a few of them that you are not really see their faces, uh -huh. uh, they were in the process of uh, uh, having in the asylum. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Now, there are two types of asylum, diplomatic and territorial. Yes. Could you explain the difference and, you know, what those both mean? <laughs> so, uh, the uh, political asylum is the one that uh, we are talking about in this book because it's uh, based uh, on um, in this case of course is based on the discrimination so um, and the territorial asylum I'm sorry at the moment I really uh, I'm a little bit nervous guys and could, could you help me a little bit oh no problem you're doing great <laughs> I, I forgot a little bit the difference uh, okay so so the book deals with people who are going for political asylum yeah I, 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 I would imagine that the LGBTQ issue does does that's political because yes. it's based on stupid laws right of course right yes yeah what's yeah. perfectly legal in one place is not legal in, in, in another, another place right uh, and that's what they're after um, you describe yourself um, as the son of immigrants yes. where where is your family from where did they immigrate from yeah it's, it's not really this I'm not like, of course, the the people that I portrayed in the book. But my uh, my mother was uh, is uh, uh, her origin was from uh, Sicily, but uh, her family lived uh, in the colonies in uh, uh, Tripoli in uh, Libya. Mm. And uh, uh, because in after uh, Gaddafi um, uh, changed the status uh, and was not an Italian colony anymore, my mother had to flew uh, back to Italy. But it was the first time because she was born in uh, in Libya, so uh, it was strange because uh, she she was Italian, but she uh, was born there so my mother came from uh, there and my father uh, came from the south of Italy uh, in the north so uh, I wrote this in the book because I uh, never felt any roots in my city and in my and the part of the region uh, where I was born 
so I call myself uh, immigrant mm-hmm. for that reason because I don't feel like the, that I belong in one place. You know, and in the United States, we're having such a problem with people accepting other people who are immigrating to this country. And yet here, especially, we're just a country of immigrants. Um, yes. My grandparents were from Ukraine and Hungary um, yes. and came to this country for political reasons uh, and economic reasons. Uh, they, they were here at the end of the uh, 1800s, but they were here for the same reasons that people are coming to this country now. Yes. And just because I'm a couple of generations away from that doesn't mean that I should accept other people who are coming now any less than my grandparents were accepted when they came here. Same thing with you. Uh, your, your family didn't, they weren't born where you're living now. Yes. It's yeah, and also for, for for me, it's really strange because, of course, uh, being from uh, I'm I'm talking about uh, U.S. now, it's strange to see how uh, um, you know uh, the narrative was always uh, we are uh, a country of uh, of freedom and also uh, that we are all different. And for that reason, we are a big country because we are like accept all people. So it's strange to see now how it's shifting this thing. Or for example, I, I, I can make you an example because um, I was thinking because um, there's the, the uh, forward in in my book that is made by Filippo Grandi, that is the High Commissioner of uh, uh, United Nations uh, United Nations Refugees, and and he's also was talking about a uh, uh, month ago about how the difference uh, the the reaction was, for example, here in Europe. From all the all the all the refugees that come from Africa, that now there, uh, especially in Italy, there is a really uh, like every every month um, they talk about how we cannot accept people. We can, we didn't we don't want people to come, and then uh, when the war in Ukraine happened, like we took like seven million refugees hmm. and i was really proud that filippo grandi told uh, this is called <laughs> racism and that's it because they're white and blonde and so we didn't have problem to like accept all these refugees that come from war and all the people that come from africa we have problem to to take them yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I've I've seen coverage of that. Um, yeah. um, there was even I think it was a documentary I was watching where France um, is having an issue where they, you know, are, are trying to reject uh, all the um, asylum seekers from Africa, but they don't seem to have a problem taking it from other um, other European countries. So yeah, yes, 
and it's all about yeah it, it makes a di big difference when, when they're black so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up yeah and also here in Italy it's really strange it's really like a narrative that the, the politician continues years and years to to say because of course everybody comes here for uh, like territorial reason because you have to just to uh, cross the sea and then everybody comes here and and usually they come here not to stay here in Italy but they come here to go everywhere in Europe so and also is a problem with the asylum seekers and also uh, the people that have the asylum now because uh, at the moment that they have the asylum they go away from Italy so I think it, it's really from the root uh, the <laughs> they really don't understand the uh, meaning and the uh, and how can be a resource to have a person that comes here to make m make this person legal in this country and then that this person is a, a, a young person that will work here to pay taxes here and to be a, a member of society that could help us because for example here in Italy we have a lot of problems because all the young people ran away all the young uh, students from the university they run away from Italy and so we are really an old country just with old people so it's it's really a problem so you need the young population yes and and you need also uh, uh, especially immigrants that comes here and and have children because we don't make children anymore here <laughs> and and so it's really crazy it's really crazy this narrative that all all everybody wants to come here to i don't know to do what because I think it's it's really like a resource that you can use it and to really uh, make this country uh, better. We need I didn't want to say great again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not bringing that up. <laughs> Hold on, we need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis. And we'll be back in a minute, just right after this. KNOS 40th anniversary is coming up. Can you believe that? And, of course, we're going to celebrate. So this is the KNON 40th anniversary celebration. Four great band bands are going to help us celebrate. Um, one of them is the Tejano superstar, Jay Perez. Uh, Dallas legend, Ariel Griffin, and the Blues Palace Show Band with special guests, Greg A. Smith and Fat Daddy. International rock and roll stars, Igor and the Red Elvises. Dallas country music icon, Matt, the Matt Hillier Band. Sunday, uh, it's all going to take place on Sunday, July 30th. Um, early show running from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Granada Theater in Dallas. Tickets and more information can be at, found at granadatheater.com or knon.org. It's all sponsored by Domingo Garcia Law Offices and uh, Venturity Financial Partners. That's going to be one celebration. I'm Christina Fonio, and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. Our guest is Umberto Nicola Nicoletti, 
Uh, his new book is Asylum, and it's about uh, LGBT people who have sought asylum around the world. Um, okay, so we were just talking about Italy having an older population. Yes. <laughs> that surprises me, because if I'm thinking of places that I want to go that are vibrant and young, I think of Italy as one of those places, and I guess I haven't been to Italy in uh, several years. Well, I, I've never been to Italy, but if there's anything, you know, if the pace is going anything like it is in the United States of America, people are living longer. People are living longer, and young people are having less babies. So that doesn't surprise me that they have an older population. Yeah, and also it's not just like that, that we don't have babies, but also all the students, because we have a, like good university and good <laughs> and good students, mm -hmm. but, uh, but we don't have really good jobs. Right. So everybody, they flew away, like around Europe, around the, around the world. So they graduate and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same story that we don't like. We don't uh, recognize talent, and and we don't uh, like, as I told you before, the with also uh, immigrants, but also inside <laughs> our own country as well. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So at the heart of this book, I mean, I know it has an uh, obviously very important message um, about it, um, but at the heart of it, this is this is an art. This is an art project for you. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your process of how, uh, you know, you, you said it was challenging getting the subjects to even agree to have their pictures taken. But how you, if you could talk about how your, your process of even just doing this in an artistic way and not just standing up and somebody, having somebody smile and take a picture of them. This is done in a very artful way. What was your process of getting these photos taken? Okay, maybe I start a little bit from the beginning, how really the project starts. Okay, sure. Started because because was was really uh, thanks to a dear friend of mine that is called Diego Puccio, that is who is a volunteer uh, for uh, an Italian organization that is called Ar Archigay and especially is called uh, Project uh, Io. And I was in, really introduced to the situation of criminalization against the community worldwide, and because it helps and assist refugees obtaining the asylum. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was really not aware of this issue, and and also I was stunned that also neither my inner circle of friends uh, didn't know about this issue. So. Uh, so we decided, he, he asked me uh, to if I wanted to do an art project with them. So I think two or three years passed by, and then together with, with the organization, uh, we decided to do a project to inform people, but also he wanted to do some something artistic and not, uh, and not yeah something beautiful about it mm -hmm. so uh, we started in Milan and uh, but the we do we did the first shooting here in Milan and then after the first shoot uh, I soon realized that it would to, um, it would it would be too limited to talk about asylum just in Italy 
Mm-hmm. And to do it, for example, only in the organization here in Milan. Um, so I wanted to extend it to the whole world because for, for me it was essential, as I told you before, to give an overview of what is happening globally. So uh, I think it was important because, uh, as I said before, nobody wants to talk about this issue and I think it's really important. Uh, because also organizations like these do an incredible and important job. Uh, also, they continue to do, to do the job thanks to the volunteers like my friend Diego. And so it's crucial to support this organization to help refugees to survive. How did you, so, find, how did you find the actual subjects to photograph? Uh, with the organization because uh, oh, okay. I started, uh, in, in, I didn't want to, uh, yeah, I, I want to work with the organization because I, I want to help the organization to survive, to find a way to uh, talk about also their, the, the work that they do. So I, in, in Milan, was simple because, uh, of course, it started from, from them and so it, it was easy. And after the, the first shooting, I then start to contact uh, uh, organizations around the world and ask them if they want to participate about the project uh, with the project. And what was the reaction? The first reaction, of course, is always to protect the refugees, and so uh, understandably so because uh, that their job. So, because also they were really, for example, in Berlin, they opened a big shelter for uh, refugees, uh, LGBTQ+, especially, and so they have a little bit of coverage with the media. So a lot of journalists, uh, photographers, they wanted to do projects and stuff like that. So they were really closed uh, uh, at the possibility to do a project because of course, they have to protect them. All right. And so, um, so it, it was really cheeky for me because I want to talk about this issue, but I, I wanted to find a way. For example, I didn't want to take just pictures and leave all the pictures around the world like mm-hmm. that. So I, I wanted to do a book for that reason because I wanted to um, to have the the text part that can uh, like uh, defend uh, and explain uh, everything so to, to uh, and also to make it really simple to understand because uh, there's uh, this organization that is called ILGA that is uh, the organization uh, which I took called the data because they um, took every year uh, took data from around around the world about the situation of the criminalization and and so i wanted to but uh, the problem with their their data that are really for example they have a map with the, uh, what uh, what happened uh, in all the countries but the problem is that are really of course detailed so they have really uh, all the variables that you can have, for example, if uh, 
it, you have a criminalization just for men, for women. If you do that, uh, you have the prison. How much, how much time you have to spend in prison? So it was really complicated to also read the, the data. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to uh, to do like a simple version uh, of that because I wanted to make it more. Uh, pop <laughs> and also to you know easy to to read and understand so uh, that was my uh, goal with the text part and introduction and um, because it, it, there's uh, an introduction in the book which uh, exp explain um, what I, the state of the world at the moment and 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 the criminalization also, uh, I could say that ILGA uh, opened uh, um, in March, I think, for the first time, uh, in, uh, a database that is more easy to consult now. So you can check uh, every, like, from now to the future, what the real situation in that country, in that city. And yeah, I was a little bit sad that I published the book uh, a little bit before uh, with this. But of course, uh, every year the, the data changed, so. Sure, and things are actually getting worse. Yeah. Uganda yeah. just passed its kill the gays law. Just for, yeah. just for, just for saying, or just for existing. You don't have to even do anything. Yeah. Just for existing, you yeah. can be you can be killed mm -hmm. for in Uganda. You know, um, I was thinking. Uh, you know, I like to travel as much as I can afford to. Um, but there are some countries in the world I wouldn't dare travel to, even if I just had to travel alone. Um, let alone not bring my husband and my daughter. I wouldn't even travel alone because I'm at yeah. least fairly aware with some of the egregious laws when it comes to uh, the LGBT community in um, other countries. Um, so I was wondering when you were when you when you did get your subjects to, uh, to to photograph, did you talk to them? Did they share their stories with you personally before you took the uh, started uh, taking the pictures? And, and and if you did, did that change or kind of give you an idea how you wanted to photograph them? Yes. Yes. Uh, so the first time that we took the pictures, because it was the first like uh, uh, test that we did, the first shooting uh, with the yeah with the friend that uh, the Diego from the organization. In mm -hmm. the beginning, he wanted also to uh, make videos, like videos interviews. Oh yeah, and I was not really uh, sure about that but I tried as, as well and it's strange because uh, we are uh, we are thinking a little bit we used to think as journalists a little bit each one of us because we think okay, okay they are refugees they had bad experiences so now I made a video and I interviewed them and asked them what happened. No, this is the normal uh, thought. But the problem is that you have to think in a different way because uh, when I start to uh, do a video interview was 
more problematic for for the things that I told you before that they they are more recognizable, of course, and also sometimes they didn't want uh, to speak their mother language because they are so traumatized mm. they didn't want to speak their language mm. and uh, we have to remember that they uh, passed tortures they were in prison they had really uh, bad experiences and a lot of them uh, are dealing with depression and also uh, um they have to take drugs to deal with reality because yeah. they they really were traumatized. So, it, but then at that moment was really the key, as you said before, that they changed my mind about the project because the beautiful thing that happens was that they want to talk about they they want to do the interview, but the only thing that they wanted to do was to speak about their dreams and the things that they would like to do in their lives and uh, and all the hopes that they have and so I thought it was really amazing yeah. and of course I didn't use the, the, the video because uh, yeah you, you asked me be, uh, before my photographic approach and then I, I, I will tell you later uh, because I, I didn't want to uh, be linked to reality, but I wanted to uh, make an artistic project, not a kind of j j journalistic uh, pictures. Mm -hmm. So their their point of view that their um, they, they need to share their dreams. It makes me feel uh, felt really uh, that I wanted to. Uh, really share bad things. Of course, in the book, I have to talk about a little bit the situation and the bad things that happened in the book. But them, I wanted to uh, find their, their beauty, talk about their beauty, and not about the ugliness there is in the world, but to really uh, talk about the beauty and the beautiful souls that they are. So I started really from from that. So uh, I I thought that I wanted to use like glossy images mm -hmm. that typically, of course, are used in advertising and fashion photography because really I wanted to create a, a sense of empathy toward the subject and their stories. So uh, for that, it's a fine art project because I wanted to restore their dignity. Yeah. So uh, they become like celebrities. Like for me, they are like idols and heroes. Because I, I wanted to give their back their identities. Because often uh, when uh, they talk about refugees, uh, and it's like an indistinct mess of uh, people that that you don't know the stories, that you don't know anything. But I wanted to really. Of course, you know already they are part of the LGBTQ community, so that is uh, one part of, the, of their identity, but also to showcase their beauty. And also, I really like the um, uh, thing that happens when you see the pictures, because we are used to see like beautiful models or uh, actors or um, Kardashians and and. <laughs> want to want to be like them want to like 
uh, that is uh, kind of the American dream. You know? Right, right. And, and but for me they are really the the true american dream they're really the heroes for me because and that's why i wanted to like portray them and in the same way and i really like this thing that if you don't know anything and you see just the picture you have this empathy towards them that that you say oh well it is really cool is i I want to be like that because we are re used to think like this with uh, fashion photography or advertising photography that that based uh, that works on our needs the the things that we don't have and so for me it was a kind of uh, um, I don't know how to say to um, that happens something in that moment that you feel really attracted to the picture and then when you know the story like really you have this forced empathy <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah well i think i think this was part part of the beauty of your your, your project of your book is that you are putting a face to these nameless and faceless people that we kind of hear about and you know again we kind of know about what's going on in these other countries but it's not like we see them in the news and that much and uh we we don't know what they look like um so it's kind of one of those especially if you're straight it's just one of those issues just like see huh hunch your shoulders and you kind of forget about it but you're you're bringing these yeah. faces you're putting a, a face on the, on these human people and, and and doing so in a beautiful way yeah because i wanted to uh, I wanted to that really people uh, like all the people not just the LGBT community understand that if you are in a country that that is illegal to be who you are what do you do and what how do you feel that was that were the questions that I want to ask yeah Right. We, Everybody. we need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Our guest is Umberto Nicola Nicoletti. Uh, his new book is called Asylum, and it's about uh, LGBT asylum seekers around the world. We'll be back with more Lambda Weekly right after this. Hi, this is Candy Markham, and I listen to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. Listen. Well, that was a quick break. Uh, we're talking to Umberto Nicola Nicoletti uh, about his new book, Asylum. And we forgot to say just really quick, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. <laughs> um, Umberto, he's asking for us to say happy Father's no, Day. No, no, I just know. Because he's the only dad here. <laughs> I'm not fishing for anything. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but we do this when we do, when we have Mother's Day. We don't have a Mother's on this show either. So happy okay. Father's Day, everybody. <laughs> um, I just want to go over, we had mentioned this briefly, but from your book, according to your book, there are 193 countries that are recognized around the world. 85 of those criminalize LGBT behavior in one way or another. 
Only mm -hmm. 11 have any kind of constitutional protection. The United States is not one of those with mm -hmm. constitutional protection. And you know one of them that does? The strength that, that, that will shock people? South Africa. Mm -hmm. Actually, I believe South Africa was the first. Right. Yes. Um, but there are... Uh, can, can I, uh, sorry, guys. Can I add something about the... Sure. Uh, the photographic approach that I forgot sure, <laughs> to sure. tell you later uh, before because um, okay say that uh, I, I wanted to portray the individuality and complexity of each person but also I would like to uh, of course because we are on a radio so people cannot see the images um, I use uh, light and shadow, uh, a, a really strong light and shadow, like in a mm -hmm. theatrical way. And um, but also I use it not just because I wanted to kind of make them as icons, uh, not really linked to reality, but also I use it as a visual metaphor because the anonym anonymity of some asylum seekers in the photo. Uh, not only respect the, their privacy, but also symbolize the struggle and the pain that refugees face in their own country, um, as they as they are forced to hide the true selves for fear of persecution and violence. And and so the black parts of the pictures that you don't see evo uh, is that part that we are not able to uh, to see of them. Well, just, just to let the listeners know, uh, the black parts, yeah. um, overwhelmingly, most of the countries are in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia. Mm -hmm. Overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. So. The, so oh, oh. No, go ahead. Uh, no, no. So, uh, for me, this. Uh, also, the part that you don't see evokes a sense of uh, uh, frustration in, in the viewer, because but highlighting the urgent need for change and recognition of their humanity. I wanted to, like, uh, kind of uh, represent visually uh, this uh, feeling of uh, to not know their stories and. Uh, Okay. Well, one thing that I liked in the book a lot was the one or two sentences that you have about a number of the uh, subjects in the book. Uh, and yeah. some of them are very, very disturbing. Not some of them, just about all of them are very disturbing. Uh, there was one that struck me that said, my father heard that I wanted to marry a man and is still looking for me to murder me. Mm. Yeah. Now that comes under the category of honor killings. Yes. Can, can you describe what an honor killing? What, what that is, even yeah. Or do you know? Okay, first, first I, I have to explain how the book is uh, is made because there is uh, okay. There's the first part that is uh, they. they in introduction there with all the data and everything mm -hmm. and then it uh, starts the gallery of pictures and and first of all i would like to say that uh, i made this book so big not because <laughs> i wanted to uh, to showcase my <laughs> ego but because i wanted to 
uh, show that it's really a big issue and also that it's, uh, if you see all the pictures that you really see like the population of the world, that it's not like a few, a few people that have a stupid problem, but it's a really big issue. Mm-hmm. And so the, the gallery starts, so we, we see all the people that I took the pictures that are nearly 60. And uh, and I want also to say because they look really all they look beautiful that I I didn't made a casting or or nothing. They are all the people that I met and I took the picture, so I use it all. <laughs> and uh, also uh, there are these quotes that you said before, mm-hmm. because I'm among the various documents that are required to file uh, an asylum application, uh, one must include a letter in which the migrant recounts their experience in the country of origin and, uh, and the reason behind the request for protection. Basically, they have to tell their story. Oh. So letter. So this letter are testimony of the torture, endure, and like the tangible evidence of the violence that the LGBTQI plus community still face worldwide. But the problem is that I couldn't use the letter, of course, for a legal reason, because there's also uh, like, of course, the people could can recognize the person. So to safeguard their identity and privacy of the migrants, uh, we choose to print only selected excerpts from these letters, mm-hmm. and also in a few cases change names. Uh, and so, I, these snippets of stories uh, for me serve to provide uh, like a global understanding of what is still happening worldwide. It was for me it was a kind while you see all this portraits, these beautiful portraits that I, I didn't want to make it all sad and uh, because I wanted to like showcase their their um, their identity so they are all different, there are people that are really happy people that are sad there are uh, but I wanted to have this kind of quote that uh, let you understand what was happening what is happening in the world right another yeah. another quote that really struck me because this shouldn't be happening uh one person said what happened to me here in america by the department of homeland security was the most traumatic experience now their most traumatic experience should not should be not when be they no, got to yeah. the united states right right yeah, because of course laws, uh, as we said before, are really different uh, for, from each country. And uh, yeah, in US, uh, there's a period also on detention. And and also, I remember, uh, as you all all know, I think what happened with uh, Trump and children that they were. Uh, detained uh, not with their parents so uh, yes for example here in Italy we don't have detention for when you uh, ask for the asylum so it's different in each part but uh, I remember one particular story that stood out to me here from Milan that uh, for 
I don't say the name of the guy, but share with me his experience of being both black and part of the LGBTQI plus community. Mm -hmm. And despite facing discrimination and injustices in his own country, of course, because he asked asylum here, the thing that impacted him the most was the discrimination he faced from within the LGBTQI plus community south hmm. here in Milan. And well, so, because he said to me, like, they say things to me that immediately make me feel dirty and wanted to wash myself. Mm-hmm. And his words was really a wake-up call to me because I'm a member of the LGBTQI plus community myself, and I believe it's crucial that we learn from the traumas that uh, others and we have experienced ourselves and use them as a, a catalyst to create a safe place that celebrates diversity and promotes love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I think, for example, uh, is a critic of the community because, uh, of course, as we all know, social networks uh, have not helped us, especially in the context of hookup culture, because he was talking about that. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to remember that behind every high is uh, in an instant message, there is a life and a story. And by looking beyond superficial appearances, we can uh, uncover the richness of our human experience and embrace the beauty of diversity through inclusivity. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind, I wanted that my book Asylum serves serve also a reminder that uh, with resilience and perseverance we can create a world that is inclusive, compassionate, and especially in the community. Absolutely. Mm. And it's so interesting to hear you say that again. I've heard it, but I think a lot of Americans have this perception about Europe particularly that Europe is just this great, I hate to use the word liberal, but um, continent of countries uh, where everybody's just kind of accepted and it's not a big deal there's no there's no racism over there um they're they're really uh tolerant to the lgbt community more so than anywhere else in the world and that's not necessarily true uh, for all european countries or communities and uh, no I remember that here in italy we don't have uh, a wedding for uh, marriage, LGBT queer plus marriage, mm. and we don't have adoption, and we don't have. Yeah, we are really, really <laughs> in the past at the moment. Now that is surprising for Italy. Doesn't that keep you out of um, compliance with EU laws? Yes, they wanted to. Uh, um, yeah, they, they say that we have to change the laws, but the problem is that now, of course, uh, as most of the uh, country in the world, uh, right wing uh, is in power and it's really making um, a fight against uh, right, LGBTQI plus rights. Now, when she was elected, she was being called the female Trump. Is she that bad? No, no, in in the sense of that she's not like Berlusconi was a kind of Trump, but she's not 
like a showgirl, like, <laughs> you know, a, an entertainer. Uh, but the problem is that uh, there, I think, they try to cover up a lot of stuff with this fight against uh, LGBT rights. For example, at the moment, they are really fighting against surrogacy, like, uh, because we don't have in Italy. And, uh, but they're fighting because they don't want to register the children uh, of people that made surrogacy or in uh, United States or Canada, but mm -hmm. they are Italian. And also they made a proposal now of a law that say that surrogacy uh, is uh, um, universally uh, not right to do it. So they want to do a law <laughs> for all the world. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Huh. It's really crazy. Well, we only have a couple more minutes. Uh, so I, I want to just sum up a little bit. First of all, do we know how many LGBT refugees there are a year? Uh, not really. I'm not aware now at the moment about this because also all the, all the organization, uh, I try to, to have data from them and uh, I don't know it at the moment. So. Yeah. Well, oh, well, do you know, uh, again, not a certain number, but do you know what country in the world uh, takes in the most LGBT asylum seekers? Or no, you, oh, okay. I don't know it, okay. but uh, I, I can say to the listener that if you want more information, that is this uh, site that I told you before that is called ilga.org that uh, have this... Uh, wonderful database with all the data that is really like they opened it like one month ago two months ago so and that's ilga.org ilga.org dot org yeah yeah um do we do we know which countries are like the worst that have a death penalty for being gay or lesbian or trans uh, yes it's also the, the uh, Arabian countries and and Africa. Yeah. 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 And that is the worst. If somebody is thinking of traveling to one of those countries, how dangerous could it be for them? Yeah. With tourists, it's a, it's more difficult uh, because, of course, uh, they cannot do like international like uh, scandals. So, but I don't know. I think it's uh, as you said before. I think it's a little bit political to not to travel in some countries mm -hmm. at the moment. I think it's uh, if you want to be a little bit an activist, it's. Uh, yeah, it's it can be dangerous. Yeah. Right. Well, Umberto, we are out of time. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to Thank speak you with you. Thank you for having me. And I and want you to know we've been doing this show for 40 years. This is the first time we've done a call from somebody from out of the United States. Yes, and it went well. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for having me. Sorry for my English. Oh, oh your no, English your English was just, good. It's fine. <laughs> If, if I can, if, uh, I, uh, if 
somebody want to see uh, uh, want to donate for the project uh, directly to the association I made a site that is called asylum-theproject.com and you can donate directly to the organization that uh, works on the project. And your book is published by Rizzoli Books? Yeah. And they can find it there. Good. For all of us here at Lambda Weekly, have a good week.